Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of SDR Conversations hosted by myself, Jasper Rivers, and Eric Muller. And every Friday, we release a new episode where Eric and I have an organic conversation and discuss what's happening in the SDR industry and share what we're learning in our hosting businesses and through working with the thousands of students that go through our coaching programs. Now, this episode is brought to you by SDR Legends Mastermind, the only exclusive mastermind that connects top CEOs and SDR business owners at the most unique travel destinations. So if you're running over 50 short-term rental units or you're managing boutique hotels or you're an investor in the SDR space with over $3 million of assets owned, then we invite you to apply for the mastermind at strlegends.com. We'll get on a call with you to see if the mastermind is a good fit. And if it's a win-win, then we'll welcome you in a couple months at our first live event at an incredible beachfront short-term rental property in Oaxaca, Mexico. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? Episode 463 of Get Paid for Your Pad. It's uh, SDR Conversations time with uh, your hosts, Eric Miller and Jesper Rivers. What's up, Eric? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, man? What's up, man? We're going to talk about gas prices today. Oh, yay. That's those are go Those are going up. I don't yeah, know. Uh, they are. <laughs> I don't know they about uh, I don't know about in the US. Like I'm in I'm in the Netherlands right now, uh, staying with family, and uh, I just calculated right now. Like I uh, I was filling up the car a couple of days ago, and uh, we're paying nine dollars a gallon right now Damn. here. Damn. <laughs> so for all of you Americans who are listening to this and we're like, man, this gas is expensive. It's like four or five dollars a gallon. It's nine here. Dude, it's so crazy, man. Uh, obviously, we're talking about it because it's going to impact or could impact the travel industry, right? And it's so interesting because, you know, a year ago, everyone was so excited about like the new travel trends of people driving to locations, right? And like you and I started a whole business based off of those trends. And I still believe in those trends, but it's like, it's so interesting to see that now that's the next big hurdle that's coming up is like the, the cost of travel. Right. And it's like, dude, it's not even the cost of driving is super expensive. Flights are insanely expensive. I don't know what you're seeing in, you know, your part of the world, but here it's like, no matter where I want to fly, no matter what, like I, I was literally looking at, okay, if I'm in Austin, I, I just got back from Austin, Texas and my parents are down on like right outside of Orlando I'm like, okay, if I fly from Austin to Orlando in July, like what would that cost? And then I'm looking at from San Diego to Orlando. And it's like, no matter where I fly in this country right now, I'm spending like tickets are like a thousand to $2,000 wow. uh, from what I'm looking at. It's, it's unbelievable how expensive things are getting. And uh, obviously we're seeing that too in uh, gas prices. So yeah, I'm curious to see how this is going to impact the travel trends. I know AirDNA just came out with an awesome report uh, on this. Uh, so we're going to touch on that a bit. Yeah, man, it's crazy. California, $6 a gallon. Right now, there's parts of 
LA that are upwards of eight, $9 a gallon. I don't know why. I don't know why that fluctuates like that. Um, but yeah. And then, like I said, I just got back from Texas and, uh, man, I love Texas. That's my, my blood, my red blooded American soul just loves what Texas is all about. It's like the gas prices down there were nearly, uh, just over $3 a gallon. So it's crazy how the, how it fluctuates based on state country location, all of yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah. I love Texas. I like Texas too, but mostly because of the brisket. You, go to, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. you were in Austin. Do you go to Terry black? I I've been there. Yeah. I've been there a couple of times. I didn't go this weekend, this, uh, this past weekend. I was, I was stacked, man. And it was short. I flew in Thursday morning. Uh, I went down there for an event or for a course. I went down there Thursday morning course started Thursday afternoon. It went from like 7 AM to 7 PM. So I didn't, I didn't really do much other than that course. <laughs> I got in and I got yeah. right back out. So yeah. Well, real quick, like t- tell us a little bit more about that course because that sounded really interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a, you know, I don't know if I guess he's a mentor of mine, somebody that you know I just study study his way of uh, life and like every time he's on a podcast, every time like he's he's speaking, I just like I absorb everything that he's promoting. Right. So his name's Tim Kennedy. And he is a, he has a company called Sheepdog Response based in Austin, Texas. Tim Kennedy is a, uh, he's a special forces, I believe his special forces Green Beret sniper, right? So that's like the elite of the elite, extremely difficult to be in Green Beret, but he's a sniper as well, which is just, you know, the next level above that. Uh, so he's an active duty special forces sniper. He is a active UFC fighter. Um, he's a businessman. He owns multiple different businesses. Uh, he's an author. He's coming out with a new book called uh, Stri- Stars and Stripes, things like that. So he has this company called Sheepdog Response, where he believes that, you know, like his job, his day to day is fighting bad people doing bad acts, you know, to, to humans around the world. So like he's in Afghanistan, he goes to, you know, Ukraine, he's going to dealing with the cartel, at, uh, you know, Mexican cartel at the border of the U S and all that stuff. So he, he faces a lot of like really challenging and scary people in the world. And he created this company called sheepdog response, where he wants to help the everyday person just be bit more in control of their safety from, you know, day to day. So really teaching people how to be what they call SA, which is situational awareness, where it's like when you're in public and dude, I don't know if you just heard this, but, uh, you know, we're recording this, you know, in New York city, there was a a shooting in the subway in Brooklyn, a subway that I used to take when I was living in Brooklyn. And he, he talks about like situations like that, where, you know, where, wherever you are in the world in public situations, like you want to be aware of your surroundings, how to be aware of your surroundings, how to deal with situations like that, you know, like that just happened on the, on the subway, how to assess the situation. If you're in danger, how to get yourself out of it. So he believes in like really helping the everyday citizen just be more, confident in protecting themselves, right? And their family, their friends, community, all of that. He puts on these these four-day events or three-day events. And uh, so I flew down there. It's something I've been wanting to do for for a while. I flew down there, 
the first half day was in the classroom setting at his, uh, uh, his office. And, uh, there's about 50 of us there, 40, 50 of us ish. And, uh, they're teaching us all the basic stuff of like, how to be aware, like understanding, like where the exits are and like all, all this other stuff of how to protect yourself when you're out in public essentially. And then the next two days, dude, they were some of the most challenging. This is by far the most challenging thing I've ever been through in my entire life. From 7 a.m. to noon, we were in the his jujitsu gym and we were uh, grappling from 7 a.m. to noon. Right. So jujitsu. And this is like dude, the spectrum of people in that room was unbelievable. It was like everyday people to like world class athletes in this room. And they were teaching us like hand to hand combat stuff, right? Like if someone comes up and tries to rob you with a knife or a gun, like how do you protect yourself and how do you get out of there as fast as possible? So you can call the cops, right. Or protect yourself, right. Or your lady or whatever that is. Then they would teach you like how to, you know, if someone has a gun or a knife, how to get that out of their hands and distance yourself, dude, it was crazy, man. And I got to roll with him. I got to roll with his uh, instructors and, you know, my, I'm just all beat up from that. And then from there, we went to the gun range and they're teaching us basic gun safety and how to shoot a pistol and all this stuff and going through all of these techniques. So it was two days of that, man. And it was some of the most exhausting. Yeah. One of the most exhausting courses I've ever been through and eye opening and humbling. You know, I'm a big guy and it's like, I live in San Diego and flip flops all the time. And like, we're in the mindset of like abundance and like nothing could bad happen to us and all this stuff. And, you know, he's like, no, it could happen to any one of us at any time. So you, you don't want to be the person that's unprepared or untrained. You want to be a person who has the confidence to, to deal with a stressful situation. So you put us through those stressful situations. And one of the biggest lessons that I can share with our audience that I think they can connect with is the first day. I was going through this stuff. I was failing the entire time, man. Like, especially at the gun range, because the gun range was very intimidating. I'm there with Marines and SWAT snipers and special forces guys. And there, there are instructors and there it's, you know, there's 20 of us lined up on a line shooting at these targets. And it's very intimidating. It's scary. There's, you know, guns going off. You don't know these people next to you, all this stuff. And uh, I'm just doing everything wrong from the beginning. They like, they teach you, they show you, they do all this stuff. And then you're like, okay, now it's your time to do it. And from the very beginning, I'm just screwing it all up. Like I'm doing everything they're telling me not to do. And the guy is just the big, you know, this big instructor is just yelling at me and just like, I'm just feeling the pressure. And it's crazy, man. I haven't felt, I haven't felt that in a very long time of feeling like, trying to learn something new and just like, I'm just not connecting with it. You know, my brain's not connecting. I felt like I was in school. Like I literally <laughs> felt like I was in school and I had the, this anxiety, this whole thing that night I went through and I carried that anxiety and that fear with me through the night. And I literally had to wake up at 3am and go through this breath work meditation process of like, Hey dude, you're, you're learning something new. You're in a, a crazy stressful situation, just have fun with the process and like going through this. And I showed up in the course and we did the second day again, right? Jiu-jitsu and like hand-to-hand combat. We're wrestling. We're, we're like, we're going at it, man. And then we go to the, the range and this time we're doing sprints and we're, we're doing all this crazy stuff. 
at the pistol range to understand how to, how to shoot correctly under stress with your heart rate up and all this. And I went from the instructor just screaming at me saying like, dude, you're dropping the ball. You're screwing this up, you know, all this stuff trying to teach me. But, you know, I felt like I was like the lowest man on totem pole there to the very end of the course, just doing everything freaking perfectly, man. And the instructor, you know, he, uh, he's like, Hey man, have you done this before? I'm like, no, this is my first time. He's like, you know, you're by far one of the best that have come through this, through this, uh, particular course. And he's like, I would love to see you come back to the next one. And just him saying that I was like, shit, man, like no matter what we do, are we allowed to curse on this podcast, by the way? Um, okay. Well, just once. Okay. Just once <laughs> I, I, I just recognize like anything that we step into that's brand new, it's going to be scary. It's going to be vulnerable. We're going to fail. But if we're in that process of understanding and like, I, I mentally chose to have fun and decided like, I'm just going to have fun with this thing. I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to play, you know, play at the highest level. And then I ended up just like crushing the course and that, that process, I haven't been through that in a long time. Cause like, Building our businesses, like I get that that feeling, but it's they're very small increment changes, and it takes a long time for us to get results. And I saw this within 24 hours getting that result. And I'm like, man, I I've never felt so freaking alive like going through that process because it was so vulnerable. It was scary. I was beat up. It's like the whole thing. And then we uh, we come out at the end, you know, just like super confident with this new skill set. So yeah, I, I recommend to like anyone who is, you know, interested in this stuff at all, I would check out Sheepdog Response. I think it's sheepdogresponse.com. They got a lot of positive training up there. They do a lot of female empowerment training and pr- protecting courses. And then they have just like very high level stuff. And then I highly recommend checking out Tim Kennedy Instagram. He that dude is mm. just like super, super inspiring. So I love putting myself in those positions, man, and learning from people like that. And obviously it has nothing to do with short-term rentals, but it has everything to do with being a better human and being the best version of yourself. So we can grow these companies and lead and, you know, protect our families, protect ourselves, our community, the whole thing, which I know you and I really align on. So yeah, that was my weekend, man. (laughs) I had an interesting situation too, where our house caught fire and I had to call yeah. the fire department and uh, it all ended up pretty, pretty okay. But that was a, that was a pretty scary situation too, where it's like seeing smoke come out of the house. <laughs> Just like, Terrifying. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was, imp- I was impressed with how, how fast the fire department was here. Like I called them and when I hung up, I could already hi- hear the sirens. Yeah. Like they, they were, they were here so fast. And uh, fortunately, everyone's okay. Just one closet burned out. So, yeah. you know, smells a bit weird in that room now, but, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, they were, they were there so fast. And, uh, so anyway, that's, uh, that was a bit of a stressful situation. Yeah. And I'm just curious, you know, on that too, like, how did you deal with, how, how did you feel during that situation? Like, cause it, this is the exact type of situation that I'm, I'm referring to. And what this course teaches is like, uh-huh. you can't control that you opened up the door and there's smoke and fire coming out of this room. And like instantly you're, you're brought into this, like almost life or death situation, right? Like that could have caught, caught up the whole house. And luckily someone was there to take care of it. Right. Who acted on it, you know, like, what was that feeling? Like, were you able to think clearly on what to do or was it like kind of scrambling and freaking out about it? 
No, I was like, well, there, there was some confusion at first because I didn't know I could smell smoke, but I, I couldn't find it. And at some point I, I went outside, I looked at the house and I saw smoke even coming out of the roof. And I was like, what is going on here? So I finally found the room. And when I found it, I opened the door and it's just like overwhelming full of smoke. So my, yeah, my first thought was my, my girlfriend was, was in the kitchen. I was like, I got to get myself and my girlfriend out of this house and I got to call the fire department. That was, that was all I was thinking, but yeah. we had some construction workers in the house and, you know, they took it on themselves to actually go into that room and they actually killed the fire, which, you know, I don't know if looking back, like, I don't know if that was the best idea. Um, I'm sure if we asked the fire department, they'd probably, you know, recommend against it. Cause I mean, you couldn't see anything in that room and you don't have, I, there's no idea like what, what's on fire, like, I've never had a fire in my life. So I was thinking too, something could ex- explode, right? Mm. That happens yeah, yeah. too. You hear that sometimes, right? So, yeah, I mean, I was pretty calm in the sense that I was just like, okay, get out of the house, call the fire department. But yeah, that was the first time in my life that I've ever seen something on fire in a, in a house where, where I'm staying. So yeah. it was a, it was a, yeah, it was a strange experience. experience. Yeah. Fires are terrifying, man. It's scary. And it's uh, you know, that's why I love doing these types of trainings too. It's like, is understanding how to, when my fight or flight kicks on is like understanding how to react in a way or respond in a way that, uh, you know, gives us the, the best result possible in that situation. Right. And it's like grabbing your girlfriend and leaving the house, calling the fire department. Right. It's like a lot of people don't know how to handle those situations. And we see this stuff come up in business too. Right. Like when we have a nightmare client or nightmare guest or a major problem at in our properties, the feeling of like freaking out in one of those situations and understanding how to overcome that that freak out and re, uh, respond to it versus react to it, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like for me, I got to put myself in high tense situations, learning from the best of the best to understand yeah. how to deal with those those emotions and all of that. But yeah, man, that's that's where I spent my weekend. Uh, yeah, rolling around in the dirt, shooting guns with uh, <laughs> some Texans. It was uh, yeah. it was pretty cool. Awesome, dude. Well, let's uh, let's go back to let's go back to gas prices because we have a lot to talk <laughs> yeah, about yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, for people who don't know AirDNA, AirDNA is a pricing and market research company. They were recently acquired, and they they always come out with like, in my opinion, like the best like data and industry reports and stuff like that. And I I, I noticed uh, today that they came out with a report. And you can uh, you can find it if you just Google how rising gas prices may influence Airbnb travel trends. Then you'll uh, you'll find the article. Uh, it's a really interesting article. You could also just go to airdna.co. But I've been thinking about this for a while. You know, since those I know ticket flights. You mentioned flights are going up. Flights over here in Europe are not that expensive yet. I haven't really seen that. But for sure, like it's the prices are going up and. Uh, you know, it's more expensive to drive somewhere. So I've been thinking, like, if this continues, like, if if those prices keep going up, like, how is that going to affect, um, you know, the demand for Airbnbs? Or is there certain areas that are better than others, right? Like, for example, where we are, I think it's it's okay because it's like it's just a couple hours, you know, two hour drive from from Los Angeles and for San Diego, so it's not too far. 
but yeah, I've been thinking about this uh, for a while. And then RDNA came out with this really interesting article. And there's a lot of interesting facts you already mentioned in the US. The average cost of a gallon has gone up by uh, about 50% in the last year. And what RDNA did is they, they basically looked at what's the average amount of miles that an Airbnb guest travels to their Airbnb. And if you if you go to the article, I don't know if did you did you check it out? Did you see that tool that they put up there? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm looking at that now, actually. The, yeah. the map, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you can select you can select your market, right? So you can select San Diego, for example. Let's select that and, now. Yeah, and then you can see exactly like where are Airbnb guests who stay in San Diego? Where are those people coming from? And it's AirDNA. So cool. AirDNA has this technology where they can get that information from the Airbnb website. So you can see like most people are who visit San Diego, they come obviously from Los Angeles, San Francisco, and then New York. Those seem to be the top three. Yeah, they have this too, which I think is pretty cool, is the average distance to destination. So the average guest willing to travel or is traveling to San Diego on average is traveling 847 miles. Yeah, that's which is kind of on the higher, the higher range. They looked at the cities or the Airbnb locations where people travel the most amount of miles on average and the least amount of miles on average. And the the rationale behind that is like, well, if gas prices are going up, travel gets more expensive, then the places that are dependent on people that are coming from far might not be doing well versus the places where people don't come from far might be doing better. So that's that's why they they created this list. But yeah, on the on the upper end, we say places like uh, Miami, Seattle, Key West, Florida, Portland, in between about a thousand and eleven hundred and thirty miles. Yep. But then on the lower end, and there's a big difference, right? On the lower end, we see places like uh, the Pocono Mountains, uh, mm-hmm. Big Bear, which is not that's not far from where we are in Ottawa. No, that's right? a potential market for um, for Free Wild. Uh, it's about two yeah. hours from uh, Ottawa. Yeah, exactly. So those um, those destinations are all. 250 to 350 miles. Jersey Shore is in there or Ozark yep. Mountains. I've never been there, but I, I, I saw this series called Ozark. Uh, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing it, it, I'm show, guessing, <laughs> I'm guessing it play it, it's the it's out there in the mountains there. But um yeah, it's but yeah, so it's it's interesting to think about because the whole the whole thesis behind it is uh you know, are people going to choose destinations that are closer to their home because of the rising travel costs? That's the question, right? Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, like I said, you know, this weekend I was traveling and, uh, you know, I I've been traveling quite a bit over the last year and a half and all the airports are always packed. You know, it's like, I, I haven't been on an empty flight since COVID started. Every single flight I've ever been on since the start of COVID has been completely packed. Every single seat, the the announcements always, this is a full flight. The airports are freaking packed. And then obviously being on the roads, I see travelers from all, especially here in California, I see travelers license plates from every state around the country, right? It's like people are traveling, man. And I don't know how this is going to affect the travel markets. Obviously, I was a little concerned about the price, the increase in gas prices, but then also it's also going to affect flights, right? Like mm-hmm. they're going to be more expensive. 
so it's like everything is rising, right? If we see the whole, I know this is a whole different conversation, but like if inflation's on top of this, then it's like, okay, what's really happening to the markets around the world? But for me, if you look at Air DNA's report, scroll down to that, the, uh, the yellow and blue, you know, list here of the 2021 markets that average distance, the lowest traveling, and then the the longest traveling. It's like, those are the markets that we actually want to be in, which I think are still pretty solid because they're all like the Pocono mountains is like, that's always a top market. And what, what they're talking about here is like, these markets are all very short distances from major metropolitan areas, right? So will the traveler start to continue or continue to do the driving to these markets, these secondary markets, because it's easier to get in and out of and could be a bit more cheaper than flying to say, you know, on average Miami, uh, which makes sense is like on average, people are traveling uh, 1,130 miles to get to Miami, which is crazy mm-hmm. to me. That's insane to think about. Jackson Hole, Wyoming, 1,146 miles, right? But then once you get to that area, now we have to also rent a car. So when I was in Austin, I ended up doing that. I rented a pretty cool car too, which had a lot of fun in a 2018 Corvette, which wasn't the best option because, you know, I had a lot of fun in it, but it cost a lot of money and gas. Um, <laughs> it's more expensive to travel to these areas, right? So I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how did Air DNA have a uh, a summary here or a prediction of how this is yeah. truly going to impact the industry? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, so the, the conclusion of this whole re- analysis is they calculated that the average the average trip on Airbnb in the US is going to be $81 more expensive because all the because the increase in 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 gas and kerosene or something the fuel that airplanes use Jeff, yeah so so 81 bucks per stay which is if you look at the average short term rental stay cost which is about 928 that's a 7.3% increase in the total cost of the trip from the increase in gas prices that's their that's their estimate and what they're saying is that they don't think that that's going to have a major impact on travel so they don't think it's going to have a major impact also then they don't think it's going to have a significant shift within the between markets but here's the but there's always a but they think that the price of oil goes above 125 per barrel which right now it's around a around about 100 i think they think if it goes above 125, then they think it's gonna it's going to start really having an impact to the point where like people instead of like driving four hours, they might want to drive two hours. Or instead of taking, you know, a four-hour plane, they might take like a one-hour plane. Got it. Yeah, it's interesting. So yeah, it's uh it's cool, man. I I, li- I like this research that they they are doing. Like, I mean, from this article, I don't think there's too many sort of direct actions you know, that we can take out of it, that we can do with our Airbnbs and stuff. But it's, I think it's, it's cool to just have some background information, some, uh, and, and, and just a general sense of like what's happening. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's important, right? Data, data is super important for our businesses to make decisions on where we're investing. Uh, especially if you, you're in a position like the legends that we're talking, talking to for the legends mastermind, that's coming up. It's like, these are individuals that are focused on scaling businesses in multiple different areas, multiple different countries and have big visions. Right. So like, if you're in that spot, 
you have to understand where these things are going, but also you have to understand what questions or what data you need to understand what decisions you need to make in your business, right? So this is just a good snapshot. And it also could help you remove the anxiety or the fear of like, gas prices are going up. So now my business is going to fail, right? It's like, no, it's that, you know, right now we have to understand that our travelers, our, our guests are spending more money to get to us. So it's like, how can we make that experience just a bit better, more unique for them once they're there? But then also understanding like, oh, we continue to see, you know, the cost of oil continue to grow. Now this might shift our decisions on our mm-hmm. business on how we scale or when yeah. we scale. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, there might not be any action items from this now, but it's also a really good understanding of what decisions to make for the future. Yeah. And I think one really interesting point that they're making in the article is they are talking about the average ADR in different markets. Because essentially what they're saying is like, well, if you spend an extra $81 on your on your trip for gas, if you're paying like $3,000 for the state, and that doesn't really matter because it's a very small right. percentage. But if you're in a budget location and you're spending $300 on, the, on, on your accommodation, then it has a much larger effect. So they're, they're saying like, hey, if, you're, if, if you have like luxury rentals and you have a super high ADR, then it's probably not going to affect you as much, but it's more going to affect like the sort of the budget uh, destinations. But for that reason, they included a top 10 of the highest destinations with the highest ADR, so average daily rates, in 2020. And I just thought it was funny to see what's on top because I think you just recently went there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Telluride. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Telluride is, man, that place is unbelievable. I don't want to tell too many people about it. I feel like it's my <laughs> secret little mountain town. Well, <laughs> looks like you got to be rich to go there because it's uh, the average stay in Telluride was uh was the it was the highest, the most expensive place on on uh, in a destination on Airbnb in 2021 at twenty five hundred and sixteen dollars per stay, which is seven hundred and thirty dollars on average per night. So this is the thing that's interesting about this list, right? That I don't know if they really put this in here. If you look at some of these markets, Telluride, Aspen, Vail, Park City, the Jersey Shore. I mean, the Jersey Shore, I mean, that's so many, that's such a broad statement, the Jersey Shore. That's like saying we're going to stay in New York, yeah, New York City, right? Coachella and Jackson Hole, right? These markets bring in huge groups into massive properties, right? So Telluride, you're not going there most people aren't going there to to stay in a, a one bedroom cottage, right? They're going there with huge groups that are staying in these massive properties to go skiing and snowboarding, right? It's like, that's why they're so expensive. Plus it's a limited amount of properties. Telluride is a really small area, right? So like some of these, most of these, these markets that are on here are attracting huge groups to these property and they have bigger properties there. So I think we got to take that in consideration, but yeah, I mean, Telluride was super expensive. Yeah. It's not easy to get to, right? Yeah. For most people, you got to really travel and you really got to want to go there. But once you're there, I mean, you're, it's a world-class experience and uh top of the line for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. That's a good point. Cause uh, we should really be looking at the average cost per person, not per property. Mm. That will be a better metric. So feedback for AirDNA, Scott, if you're listening <laughs> next time, you know, we, we got to see per person, man. Step it up, Scott. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really interesting. 
Cool, man. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, if you're interested in this topic, there there's a lot of interesting data. We've we've only covered you know some of it, but uh, there's a lot of interesting stats and definitely that map. Just to understand, like where where are people in your market? Where who are your guests? Where are they coming from? I think just that map functionality they have is uh, is worth uh, you know spending a little bit of time and checking it out. So yeah, airdna.co slash blog. How rising gas prices may influence Airbnb travel trends. Let's talk a little bit about the mastermind before we wrap this up. Uh, Let's do it. This, yeah, because this week is uh, is the last week where people can join for the, our special early bird price. So if you wanna if you wanna save some money, then uh, make sure to apply today. But yeah, let's let's quickly go uh, go over the qualifications and um, and maybe you can give some insights of on, on like the people you've been talking to. Dude, it's so interesting, man. Like when we started this legends, it was like we didn't know anybody that was like it was rare to find somebody running like fifty to one hundred listings, right? That's why we started it. We're like we got to find these companies that are growing these massive, you know, brands, and you know, if we can find people that have fifty to one hundred. That's a big deal. We get them in the room and we can talk about how to grow in this industry. The individuals I'm talking to now, man, they're just at such a different level. There's so many companies, so many companies that are between that like 100 and 500 listing mark that are just absolutely crushing it in our space. And like just a different level of CEO, a different level mindset, uh, a focus on unique offerings to our industry, unique approaches, the investors and the boards that they have and the support that they have. It's unbelievable, man, to see how much our industry has grown over the last year and a half since we stopped, you know, since our last event, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just to kind of tell everybody again, it's uh, we're organizing our first in-person mastermind retreat in Oaxaca, Mexico, June 16th to the 20th. Right now we have space for about 12 companies to join. There's going to be 30 companies uh, as a whole. To enter into the room, you have to have a minimum of 50 short-term rental listings, either management or rental arbitrage, or you have to be an owner or operator of boutique hotels and or a hospitality investor that has north of $3 million of property owned and invested in the short-term rental space. And you know, if you guys want to f- learn more about this, head over to strlegends.com and go through that. Uh, if you guys do qualify and you're looking for a stronger community, like-minded CEOs, you know, just apply. We'll jump on a call and chat about you know you joining the room. But uh, you know what? It, like I, like I was saying, what I'm learning, man, is like our industry has grown so much, mm. and it, it's it's so interesting to see how many companies that are growing super fast that we don't even know about that are behind the scenes that are not focused on really kind of being a big brand or, or, uh, you know, they're not, they don't want to be in the limelight. They want to just grow profitable, scalable businesses. You know, I, I spoke to somebody, a CEO the other day from the East coast who has over 300 properties investment firm where they're buying up single family homes, renovating them and then renting them as short term rentals managing everything in-house. They personally own 160 of them or 180 of them. The others are partner investors that they bring in. They plan on doubling that in the next 12 months, right? And this is all throughout the country. Haven't heard of these guys and didn't know what they were working on. They're working on putting together like a $100 million investment fund 
to build out these, this model. And I'm like, man, like how long, where have you been? Like how, you know, like most companies in our space that we know about, they're at the events, they're on Instagram, they're doing the whole thing, right? Like we look at like the Avant stays as like the celebrities in the space, but there's so many companies behind the scenes that are doing some really incredible things. Uh, And then we're also meeting some really amazing people that are, you know, and I want to be clear too, you don't have to be that size company to be in the mastermind. That's not what we're looking for. It's like, it'd be great to have those companies in there. Yes, we're going to have a few of those companies in there, but we're also going to have the mom and pop, you know, host that are really incredible human beings that have like-minded mindsets, personal growth, all of that, that are building some really incredible boutique companies, right? That have 50, 75 listings that are really focused on building strong networks because we're we want to grow these incredible companies. So I'm just really impressed with where the industry's at. It's given me a lot of hope on on our industry. It's given me a lot of excitement for Freewild and what we want to do there and what we are doing there. Um, so I'm just excited to get into that room because man, I, I'm excited for the experience we create for our members, but then also I'm excited to learn what these guys are doing at a high level and how they're scaling their teams. That's another thing. The level of the level of individual that's in the industry right now is unbelievable. Like people are leaving other industries to come into short-term rentals at a high level. And the CEOs that we're talking to about joining our mastermind are just, they're, they're building incredible teams, incredible attracting incredible talent and developing these incredible cultures in their companies. So yeah, that's what I'm excited about chatting with everybody about going deeper into in our mastermind uh, in June. Yeah. um, One thing that I noticed too, is I I was talking to one of the mastermind members who joined actually, which he's going to be in the podcast on Monday, uh, Nathan, what I, what I noticed, not just with, with him, but with a few other members as well. When we did this in 2019 and 2020, it felt like everyone was kind of trying to figure it out. Everyone was trying yeah. to f- figure out how do we run these businesses efficiently? How do we how do we get more units? And now the people that I'm, I've been talking to, especially Nathan, they're thinking above that. They're thinking like, how can I create Airbnbs that contribute to the community, for example? Mm. Right? Like, how do we how do we use our Airbnbs and leverage our Airbnbs to bring something good to the world and to and to help our guests make better choices in the environment and and things like that? You know, how do we mm. create like a an energy net a z- net zero Airbnb, for example? Right, an Airbnb that doesn't pollute, for example. People weren't really talking about those type of things, you know, two or three years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago it was all about just getting you know, apartments and condos and kind of doing like a ghost type of host experience, right? Where you list it and forget it and walk away and scale that model. Now it's like people are understanding it's a real hospitality industry. Like you got to truly connect with the guests and the experience and and have something that that's unique that's going to stand out from the crowd. It's really cool. We're going through some some incredible growth in the industry. Also there's so many cool businesses, man. Like that what you were just talking about, bubble hotels and tree houses and I'm talking about at scale. You know, like I was I was talking to the CEO over, over at Bubble Hotels and just understanding what he's building and it's just like Man, these guys are thinking next level. They're thinking generational. How do they grow these companies? Hundreds and hundreds of units and just like world known brands. And 
this is the industry that we're in. It's crazy. It went from hosting. Oh, by the way, I didn't tell you this. I'm going to tell everybody on our podcast right now. I don't, do you follow Brian Chesky on Instagram? I don't think so. I follow him on Twitter. Okay, Twitter. So he must be new on Instagram. I don't know. I see him sharing a, a little bit more now on uh, his personal Brian Chesky, you know, handle, whatever it is. He he posted up like a story of him going through a really unique property that I, I'm familiar with. And I, I just commented on the photo. Or I commented on a story and he responded back to me right away. And now if it's him or an assistant, I don't know. But then we got in a small little engagement talking on Instagram with, with Brian Chesky. And I have a, you know, it feels like it's Brian Chesky that I'm talking to about this property that he's staying at. And then I'm, I'm like, how is this possible? How is it, you know, the CEO of this billion dollar company talking to me on Instagram right now? And I look at it, I'm like, holy crap, Brian Chesky only has 70,000 followers, 69,000 followers on Instagram. You know, like Samantha has 90,000 followers on Instagram. Like I have friends that have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, right? It's like, this is, that's not a lot of people for a CEO of that size. So it's the reason why I'm bringing this up. It's really interesting that we have access. And this is the whole point of the mastermind at the end of the day, right? Is the power of proximity access to the people that we need to, to connect with. So I'm literally talking to a little, you know, little things back and forth with Brian Chesky. And it's crazy that he has 69,000 followers. And if this is truly his Instagram, we have the ability to actually build a relationship and build a connection with this person, which is really cool in my opinion. Yeah. And the reason why I bring that up is like, it's just so cool. And I said this to him on, on Instagram, I'm like, man, thank you so much for what you built. It's just so cool to see that it's gone from staying, you know, on someone's couch or an extra bedroom to this place, this platform where we can build these world-class hospitality brands. Right. And it's like the industry has grown so much and it's just, it's so exciting to be a part of right now. So I'm excited yeah. to get in the room in June with, with our legends. We do, uh, you know, legends we fill by word of mouth. So if you guys don't qualify for legends, but you know, someone that's doing something really cool in the industry that does qualify to be in that room, we would love for you to kind of spread the word, let them know about it. Send them the link strlegends.com. I would love to jump on the phone and talk with them. Again, we, we fill this room by word of mouth and introductions. So anybody that you feel would be a good fit for this, please send them over. Uh, and then also if you do qualify, send an application in, cause we're going to be looking to fill this up within the next couple of weeks here. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I checked out the Instagram. Uh, he must've, he must've started up pretty recently because he's always been very active on Twitter. So I feel like maybe he hasn't been so active on Instagram, but, uh, but yeah, it looks like it's his real account, man. I think you're really talking to him. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You know, it's yeah. cool that, uh, you know, he has the, you know, we have the access to, to somebody like this. So yeah, yeah don't, uh, don't spam him, but uh, slowly <laughs> build some relationships with him, you know, it'd be cool. That's right. That's right. All right, man. Cool talking to you. Uh, and by the way, congrats that you did your first uh, solo show last week. I listened yes. to it. Um, yes. I was uh, out of office last week, so you were all by yourself, but you crushed it. So congratulations. Hopefully, hopefully I made, uh, hopefully I made you proud and didn't, yeah. uh, didn't break the whole podcast thing. So that was fun. <laughs> it was fun doing a solo show. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. 
good to see you and uh, to the listeners. Thank you for listening. And Monday we'll be back with uh, Nathan, one of our mastermind members, and we're we're talking about uh, how to how to leverage your Airbnbs to create a positive change in your community. So that's a really interesting, really interesting topic. Highly recommend. Check it out. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. See you next time. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you want to learn more about hosting on Airbnb and building a short-term rental business, then go ahead and subscribe to our daily email newsletter at getpaidforyourpad.com. And if you're just starting out on Airbnb, make sure to download our free Airbnb starter guide at getpaidforyourpad.com slash getstarted. Now, if you enjoy this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts for a chance to win lifetime access to the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy, our starter course for anybody who wants to start an Airbnb business. So every month we select one reviewer at random and give that person access to the course. So thank you so much for listening and check back every Monday for an episode of The Host Show and every Friday for an episode of SDR Conversations on the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad.